Welcome to Tiara Signal. I'm Linda Phillippe in McMinnville, Oregon. And my guests today are Shelley Pawson of Bridgeport Travel in Tualatin, Oregon, and Annika Marchese of AMFM Travel in Bend, Oregon. Welcome, ladies. Thanks Thank for you. having me. Both of you happen to be, uh, right now, stay-at-home moms with homeschooling kids, as well as professional travel advisors trying to keep your businesses afloat through this very challenging year. I thought that we just kind of have some conversation about that. So what do you think? Sounds great. Okay. All right. So um, let's talk about, first of all, the COVID-related blow to the travel industry. The fact that there's a no business, a loss of income, no travel for you. How are you guys kind of dealing with that? Uh, Annika, you go first. Yeah, it's definitely been a change. Um, previously, prior to COVID, I was traveling once every three weeks. And since approximately March 1st, that's going to a screeching halt for me. So definitely a change. Typical year, you know, we're planning and creating amazing trips for people. And this year, we've spent more time undoing those plans than we have making new plans. So definitely a blow to the sales, to the personal side of things. It's, it's difficult. It's a difficult time. It's been hard. Yeah, Shelly? Yes, I, I would have to agree with everything Annika says. Um, I, this started back in March when my son's school, um, he's 11, he, he was in fifth grade at the time, it closed um, unexpectedly due to COVID, and everything just kind of came tumbling down um, after uh, that happened probably within the next few weeks. Uh, I, I'm a travel agent, I work from home, and um, the first few weeks were filled with uh, just cancellations and clients wanting to rebook or cancel a lot of them freaking out about, Oh, what's going to happen. So balancing having a son at home all of a sudden and, and then having to deal with cancellations was very, very hard. And then the summer came, we had a bit of a reprieve. Um, now my son is back in school online virtually um, probably for the rest of the year. So that's been a challenge um, juggling that. And then, um, with little, with little business I have right now. And then just like Annika, she traveled every three weeks. I wasn't quite that active, but I did do quite um, at least two to three fams a year. And that's all come to a screeching halt too. So just being at home all the time with my loved ones, which isn't a bad thing, but just all the time has been an adjustment as well. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so speaking of challenging challenges of staying home with the kids, the, uh, you know, homeschooling, distance learning, whatever you want to call it. I mean, part of it, too, is managing their own physicality in a way without them being able to, you know, the social aspects of school, recess, sports. I mean, just being able to go out and play and rough and tumble with other kids. I mean, so I guess one of the things I would love to know is, is how is it working out for you guys in terms of just living in a physical space with other people practically 24 seven, do you have any, what you'd call like really great successes or conversely any really amusing, like total mom fails that will uh, add riches and depth to your children's sessions with the analysts someday. I, I feel like most days are almost epic mom fails, like with little bits of success weaved through. So every day is, is definitely a new day. I personally have two kids at home that also like Shelly's kids have been home since last March. 
So my kids have not returned to school at the beginning of this school year. I had every intention of homeschooling my children and had started out with multiple pieces of curriculum bought and woven together to have my kids hate it and ask to go back to online school. So that was a blow, but um, it did give me more time to spend on work, which has been a, a good saving grace, I would say, because it gives me my space away. Clearly not going to an office outside of my home, but I can lock the door and pretend that I'm away. <laughs> That's my saving grace right now. And Shelly, how about you? Yeah, my, my son, he's 11 and he's a very bright boy, but he likes getting used to the distance learning was a huge adjustment adjustment for him. And it took many weeks, probably actually several months for him to get um, used to it. He's doing great now. And actually first quarter, he had wonderful grades. So I feel like that's some type of, that, that shows that we're doing something right over here. But um, I, I, he'd be yelling down the stairs, mom, I need you. I can't get on. How do I do a split screen? How, how do I turn my microphone on? Mom, help. So constantly, and I'm on the phone with a client or I'm trying to work on something. So that, that was, you know, an adjustment because normally I would have the house to myself during the day. My husband would be at work and my son would be at school. And it was just me and the dog um, for like five and a half to six hours. So um, having him home has been an, quite an adjustment. Um, he's getting better, but like I like Annika, I have I have an office and I can close the door. So sometimes my husband will come home and I'm like, I've got to work, I've got to get this done. Um, just give me my space for a few hours, and and he does, and that that definitely helps. And I'll sit in my office and I'll feel like I'm getting something done, and it it does feel a lot better after just being in here for like an hour or two with the door shut, because <laughs> sometimes you know, that's what we need. You know that old line about uh, you never get more than you're able to handle, right? We've heard that God never sends you more than you're able to handle. Well, I feel like God must have known me quite well because he uh, sent COVID to us when my kids were grown and gone. Otherwise, there probably would be multiple graves in the backyard or something. I don't know. I, I don't know how I would have done it. I, I take my hat off to you. And I have a friend who is a teacher so she's got a son in sixth grade and she teaches third grade. So she's teaching from home. He's working from home. And she said, you know, the report cards just came out. And I said, oh, how did he do? And she goes, ah, you know, kind of first quarter, like you might expect, not so great. Kind of, you know, getting used to things and dropping the ball and picking it back up. And she said, but here's what the teachers kind of feel is that all, all that can be, all that can be fixed. All that can be remedied and it won't take them long once they're back on full on in classrooms and things like that to catch up. I mean, they might need a little bit extra, but in general, you know, it's kind of an opportunity, not the best one, but a, an opportunity to, to, I don't know, explore some different kinds of things that maybe, you know, that we wouldn't have had the time to do before. So there's, I guess there's, a, there's that, you know, in, in terms of maybe some different, um, what do you want to say subjects or classes that, you know, some of you might've thought about. For yeah. Your kids. I my son is realizing and he's realizing on his own and I, I've always told him that he is an excellent public speaker and he never he never really had much confidence but today he comes down the steps he's like mom I, I had to present to the class I had to present all of the projects that I've been working on the last few few weeks and the teacher said what a good job I did and and I really felt proud of myself and he oh, actually said that I'm like oh. I, I had a mom moment I'm like oh yay oh, a positive thing. 
So That's great. He's, he's noticing that about himself, just having to be on these Zoom calls day after day after day, that mm-hmm. that he's a, he's a pretty good speaker, and he never noticed that about himself before. I love it. That's so great. made me happy. That's wonderful. Annika, what about you? What are your kids? What are your kids loving or not loving in terms of subjects and things like that? Yeah, I'll be honest. This is really hard for both my kids. Both my kids are on IEPs. Um, they both have medical and behavioral issues. So my son has a really hard time sitting in front of a screen mm-hmm. for that long and is often being told, sit down, Gavin, stop spinning, Gavin, stop doing this, Gavin, because he really wants to be on the move. Um, the only time I can find him sitting down is if we're learning about bugs or animals. That's right. really <laughs> his highlight. So if we're building bug caves and dissecting things, he's all in. If we are learning about <laughs> verbs and nouns and things, he is all out. Um, my daughter is in middle school this year and also on an IEP, but more delayed because she's had so many surgeries in her life. She's missed out on, on big chunks of things. But she's really kind of found her groove this year in being her own person. She is of Hispanic origin and she is in love with learning Spanish right now. Okay. And it is such a blessing to watch her oh, get that's excited. Wonderful. I love that. Yeah. That's so right. she's been uh, playing music that she's been learning about in class and actually playing some newer modern Hispanic music. And I actually have been really enjoying that time with her and having her share that with me. It's something I that think- we didn't have before this. I think is she great. fluent in Spanish, Hanukkah? No, goodness, no. She's sixth grade. She okay. was adopted at birth by us. So she's always just been piqued by her heritage and wanted to know more. In fact, her birthday's next month and she requested a fiesta at home. Oh, <gasps> I love it. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Yeah, so we try to indulge their interests as much as we can. And I think that's what COVID has kind of taught me is to care less not that clearly math and things aren't important, but to really drill down on what excites them because I'm going to get more engagement from them. I'm going to get further growth from them and it's going to generate better conversation. So really letting them lead with their interests has kept me more sane than trying to drill into them the things that they don't particularly enjoy. Right. I mean, you're not a professional educator. So following their passion, you know, when it's time, the professional educators and or a tutor, if necessary, can pick back up with, you know, maybe the some of the things that they're not getting. But right now, just, you know, finding your passion, which kind of leads back into why we do what we do. I mean, we became travel professionals because we had a passion for travel. Now, if somebody said, okay, uh, Linda, for example, you're going to, you get to be a CPA. No, I, I mean, I would have been terrible at that. Not, not good at all. But, you know, so I think it's really important to, to find and, and to be encouraged early, to find your passion, to find your voice, whatever that is, your son with his public speaking, your daughter with Spanish, Gavin with his bugs. I mean, all of that kind of, it, I, I think it's going to help them as they go down the path of feeling, having resilience And feeling self-confident about the things that they do love and the things that they are good at, and then building on those strengths for sure. So, well, I was going to ask you two then uh, about the mental health challenges for you two personally of not seeing your own friends, being able to have date night with hubby, um, you know, and uh, networking with your peers, personal, and then also like professionally. How how is that working? How's it going for you, Annika? Yeah, this, you know, I mentioned my daughter has had multiple surgeries. Um, She was born very premature and has had 
multiple open heart surgeries. And I will be honest that surviving this time has actually been more stressful and anxiety inducing than surviving that time in my life, which says quite a lot. Mm. I feel like I, during that time had a survival plan (laughs) and maybe perhaps a little bit of a map, an idea of where I was going. And right now with this COVID crisis, again, with the second round coming, particularly being on the West coast, I think we definitely have a different perspective than some of the rest of the nation. Uh, We also have different quarantine requirements right now in our state. So we're all a little more stuck than some of our peers. Um, It's very hard, anxiety, stress, depression. Um, I've had one overnight with my husband since January and that is not enough to keep a marriage exciting. (laughs) You know, dates are required, adult conversation is required and with no real plan in place, Oftentimes my kids are staying up later than I am and getting up earlier than I am. And so I can't even carve out time for myself. Yeah. Shelly, how about you? Yeah. Same, same. Uh, yeah. He, he's going to bed way too late sometimes. And sometimes we're just like, you know, whatever. Cause he doesn't have to get online until nine 30, usually most days. Um, as far as the activities for myself with friends, like the first few months were probably the worst cause everything was shut down and I wasn't able to see anybody, but luckily I've had a few friends that we've been able to do some socially distance uh, activities on occasion. And that has been really nice. Um, I do miss, I, you know, I was just talking to my friend today on the phone and I was saying, I miss going to travel events. I mean, I don't know about in Bend, but in Portland, we'd have like maybe two to three things that they'd have downtown or at a restaurant or somewhere where we'd go and listen to a speaker and, and they'd have either a tourism board or uh, hotels or uh, cruise lines come and, and give presentations. And it would be a fun social event and we'd see other, other peers and be able to network and, and be social. And with being at home, you don't really have much interaction with peers anyway. So those things are kind of like our, our work, our work events. So I miss those. Um, but I'm part of Greater Portland ASTA, and we have a we have a weekly Zoom calls, which have been wonderful, especially the first few months when I wasn't seeing anybody. Um, we have those once a week when we have a, a speaker come, like a cruise line or a hotel or a, a, from a destination tourism board. They'll come and give a presentation, and I moder I moderate those calls. So that's been great, being able to see agents there's usually 10 to 12 sometimes more agents on our calls per week um so uh, we'd, we'd have a lot of we'd be able to commiserate especially at the beginning about unemployment or cancellations or this this supplier that supplier oh no so but now it's 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 kind of calmed down to where we'll just listen to the speaker and have some some ask the business afterwards but it's nice being able to see people every week even if it's just on zoom so that's that's been that's been a nice substitute. Although I definitely prefer in-person contact. Well, I think it's funny that in our industry, we crave time with our industry peers. It's really a a job that we do that not many people understand what it looks like, right? I mean, it definitely looks glamorous on the outside going to all these, you know, great places, but we're often solo seeing the beach for maybe 20 minutes out of four days, right? It is, there's, there's parts of it that not many other people see. And so I love that when I get together with my industry peers, they get me. It's immediate. We understand each other's life and what's going on. And you can build really fast friendships with these people and you get to see each other on the road regularly. So I think that's why I traveled so often too, 
was to see my peers in the industry because here at Bend, you know, we do have a central organ agency group that we get together. But outside of that, there's not a lot of connection with suppliers or even with industry peers. So I, I crave those events and I am so sad. I, I've done a few events virtually and some have been wonderful and some have been less than ideal. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, it's, it's not the same as seeing someone face-to-face sitting down, having lunch with someone, giving them a hug, having a drink with them at night. All of those things I miss so dearly. Right. So dearly. Yes, absolutely. So let me ask you this question. Do you feel um, that you're supported by the travel industry at large and by any associations like, such as ASTA or consortia you're part of? I mean, do you feel like in general, the, the industry is coming together around this to, to help you navigate? Or do you just feel like, oh, my God, I'm completely adrift? I think it's a little bit of both, actually. But mm-hmm. most of the time, I do feel fairly supported. I love that we're constantly getting information on the CARES Act and how that applies to us. Um, specifically from ASTA, I would say that we get a lot of detail about what that looks like, what they're fighting for, what should be important to us, how laws might be impacted specifically by the election. I've loved a lot of that insight. Uh, as far as personal support, it's very difficult. Most of the suppliers and the people that we work with are also in their own mini crisis bubble right now where they've been furloughed. And so the support that you would normally get from this first level of people, they, they're they seemingly missing. And so we want to support them as well. And it's kind of a, a, a missing piece. So is there support? Is there hope? Yes, I think most of us, for the for the majority of us that do this full time, we know it's it, travel's never going to go away. It's just a matter of surviving this time. But are we, is there everyday immediate support? That I'm not so sure of that I feel. Mm-hmm. Shelly, how about you? I feel it a little bit more just being so connected with ASTA because I'm on the board. And I, well, we, I get all the same emails you do, but we will have board meetings on occasion and talk. And uh, I don't know. I just feel like I, I get the, the enough emails from different suppliers. I'm also part of Travel Leaders Network. Um, they've really been supporting us, keeping us up to date with with the CARES Act and, and different closures and um, who's open, who's still closed, um, different specials that are being run by suppliers. So I, I do feel connected between travel leaders and ASTA and just my local travel peers in, in Portland. Um, and I, I feel like I can reach out too. I know, like you said, a lot of them have been furloughed, but a lot of them are coming back too, because I'll get emails. I just got an email from uh, the guy from AM Resorts, um, Christopher Schuch, yes. do you know him? He's like, yep. I'm back. I was so oh, good. I'm like, yay. That's really like, positive. I'm back. I'm back from furlough and I'm here to support you however you need. So that was a victory there because I love I love that company and, and booking their their properties. So, yeah, I, for the most part, I think I feel fairly supported by the industry. Good. So I have a question then, and that's what what are you hearing from clients? Are you having to do a lot of outreach to clients or are they calling you and saying, what's happening? When can I start traveling? And if if that's the case, then what are they asking for? What are you what are you hearing about that? I um, haven't been getting much business, many calls. um, And also, I have not done any marketing just because I'm overrun with this at home distance learning, mm-hmm. but the few calls I do get are a lot of clients who I, I have quite a few bookings that have either been canceled or on hold until the time is right to travel. 
and they're kind of checking in like, hey, what, what do you think? When do you think we should rebook this? And nobody's really rebooked yet since we've gone back into the second, um, the second wave, wave <laughs> of, of, um, of, of cases. Uh, but then I've had a few bookings of Mexico and Hawaii, I would say, are the, the number one and two right now, what people are looking for. I have made a few bookings there um, and a cruise, but but not much else. I, I'm working on a Europe trip for people who had to cancel last year and are rebooking for next year. But as far as in the next few months to travel, like from now until like the spring, Mexico and Hawaii, probably because they're open and Europe, for the most part, is still close to the U.S. Right. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. that's what I've been getting. And, and actually, sometimes people will just call. Like I had a lady call the other day saying, I haven't taken a flight and I'm really afraid and I really need to. And, and can you offer me any advice? She wasn't booking anything with me, but I could tell she was really stressed out. And I had just gotten back from Arizona. I was there with my family. And I said, well, I flew Alaska Airlines and, and I felt very safe on their flights and their middle seat was open and everybody had a mask and they, they sanitized everything several times. And uh, I felt very confident. And I think that just put her mind at ease. So mm -hmm. just taking a call from somebody and, and talking to them, I mean, maybe one day she'll book me, she'll, she'll call me up and, and make a booking. Oh yeah. That lady, that the, the travel agent helped me out when I needed, when I needed some help with the flight. So I've taken a few calls like that just mm -hmm. kind of putting people's mind at ease okay. about flying. And Anna, yeah. how about you? I have had, honestly, this last month before round two had been probably my best month since last December. Um, we had started again working on like Maldives trips for people and um, a Dubai combination with that. Unfortunately, even now, some of my Mexico trips for January and February, my clients are calling saying, we're a little concerned. What are our options? I think some of the benefit of surviving round one of this is in the bookings that I've done, I've insured differently to protect not only the client better, and yes, that sometimes comes at a higher cost, but to also protect myself and my work that I've done. So I feel much more confident going into round two that the work that I've built over the past several months, you know, the Mexico trips, I've done quite a few Mexico trips. Um, Hawaii trips, et cetera, I'm, I'm still going to see money for those, which before clearly that was part of the huge stress and anxiety of what was going on is not knowing if we were ever going to get paid or see pay again. And um, I think, like I said, we've learned quite a few things through surviving that and, and we're better for that. Right now I am getting calls. The majority of my clients that have stopped their plans at round one Still are not comfortable and so we're waiting but a lot of that is europe and asia and africa and large plants so it's understandable sure of course um so the smaller trips jamaica caribbean mexico those are happening very frequently right now there is definitely two parties there's a party that wants to travel but is fearful and then there's a party that's ready to travel and has no qualms and i think it's really important that we sell to the traveler and not sell based on how we feel because that can be really tricky, you know, right. depending on how we all feel, because we, we can all obviously have very different feelings on the scale. Right. And, and, the, and the fact, like, for example, you, Annika, you're not able to travel because you have an immunocompromised child. Right. And so even though you might personally feel like, well, shoot, I'd go, but you can't. 
Correct. Whereas somebody else might say, well, I'm immunocompromised myself. So I'd be insane to plan a big trip like that because, you know, I'm, I'm in some of those right. high risk categories. So yes, I think you're right as a travel advisor. It's just like we can't sell from our own pocketbook. We also Correct. can't sell from our own, you know, health or risk aversion bias or whatever. But right. But here's, right. here's a question. So as a, as a result of all of this with cancellations and insurance and those sorts of things, any chance, any changes that you're making or that you plan to make with your business as a result of this, what's, what's has kind of come out into high relief for you about this and say, by golly, going forward, I'm going to make sure I always XXX. Yeah, Shelly, I've been a little probably different than you have. Like you said, you haven't been doing much work. I actually have craved that time away from everyone. So I've been throwing myself alternatively into my work. So I've actually hired a few more agents on our team. We've completely redesigned our website. We put for, together a whole new social media platform. So we've definitely are taking this time to pivot and make the most of it. Um, but I've learned, like I said, as far as insurance, there are certain suppliers that often offer much better insurance policies than others. And if there is a price match component available, I would rather prefer with a supplier that had my back and my client's back and protects me and my client as best as possible. So of course, learning to always book with those suppliers is, is the best option we could make. Right. I, I mean, for me, it's it's come down to, uh, for sure, insurance. Like I'm, yeah. working on, I'm working on a group for Morocco next year. And we started working on it, I don't know, May, June, summertime, I guess, and it's going to be for next November. But we did a Zoom call with the supplier. And the one thing that everybody wanted to talk about was liability, insurance, what did it cover? It's like I already had them sold on the destination and the fun they were going to have. But it was way less about, you know, tell me about the cities and the market and more like what happens if I get sick? What happens if we can't go? And all that sort of thing. So, um yeah, I, I have I do have a lot of hope for the new year. Um, I'm excited um, to, to start do, talking with clients again once they're ready to start booking and to, to find out where they want to go. And, and each booking will feel like a, it's just a, a new beginning and a gift for me. So I'm, I'm just excited to find out where they want to go. And and it's almost like I'm starting over with my business. It's almost like a new agent because I haven't booked that much lately. So it's, it's going to be a, a new a new curiosity and, and just a new beginning. Um, so it's exciting. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very um, positive and hopeful for 2021. Kind of getting a chance to reconnect with your passion and yes. sort of the why you got involved in the first place. I, mm -hmm. I, I agree with that. I think, I think that there is a huge pent up demand and there are, as Annika mentioned earlier, many people that are just literally like this passport and handbags packed, ready to roll. Oh, yeah. All they're waiting for is a green light. They've got the time, they've got the money, and they want to go. And they're not afraid one bit. And those people are, you know, they're going to be all the ones right out of the gate. And then I th it's going to be interesting, though, and also kind of a nice opportunity to talk to some of the people that maybe thought, well, you know, I don't know. I want to travel, but I'm putting it off. And now, and now they're thinking, oh, gosh, wait a second. Maybe I better not put it off too long. And then say, yeah, this is what it feels like when you can't do that. So whether it's, you know, health or politics or, you know, what do you want to say, pandemic, 
when when we're constraints are put upon us and all of a sudden the options aren't as wide open as they were, I think it makes people focus a little bit on, well, maybe we really should do that trip. And I've I've talked to people who are planning to do like multi-gen trips when this is over. And I think that's a great idea. I, I, I stress that to everyone I know how important it is to make those memories for your kids and, you know, your grandkids and all that. And I think I think that's um, something that's been wonderful about this year is it's kind of concentrated our focus and what's what our priorities are. But we're running out of time, ladies. And so I really want to say thank you very, very much for being here today, being willing to be a guest. And we'll see you very soon. Same to you. Thank you for having us. Thank you.